Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. Hey, this is Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, Alma Woods people? We are here in the truck again. It's back to our old ways of truck casting. And this is the next. This is the next four months for us, probably just casting from the truck. KC sitting here driving. That's right. Full of Taco Bell. Driving and surviving for sure. Lacking energy. Lacking caffeine. So he's just going to be over and keeping us down the lane here. But we have to pay a toll. Oh my within goodness! Within a mile, guys. Good. We're going to have to <clears throat> better get to the story quick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, that was podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Now, we'll see you on the backside of this toll. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. The toll is over. We paid the bridge troll, troll. at the toll, and uh, we are back on the road. She said, "Be safe out." So, um, well, Tyler and I have come up with a standard of what is the South and what is not. <laughs> Your ranch and home stores can't have a long A or a like Scandinavian slash German You mean sound like mom jeans long A? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Menards. If you're if you've seen Menards, you're not in the South yet. Yeah, if you it. see a Schleienbockel or what Orschlins, Orschlins, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, if you see one of those it's not South. But if you see a tractor supply or an Atwoods or something like that, you've made it down south again. And we have been up north. If you see a Hootens if you see a Hootens, you're real close to the south. <laughs> you actually might be in the epicenter, as they the say. Epicenter, that's it, yeah. man. We're driving home from Nebraska, mm. Nebraska, which uh, has southern feel sometimes, but it's it's pretty far northern latitude. Uh, but it's dusty and hot, which is a pretty southern thing to be. I, I'd say. 
<laughs> I like right. that word. Uh, did I use it? No, I like it though. Oh, did I use the word legend? No. Okay. I, I was like, I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good one mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and Nebraska was pretty cool, man. It it's, was. It's my first time hunting <clears throat> there. Especially at night. Yeah, it was at night for sure. Some nights, one night it wasn't. Yeah, I had to get the fan out. Let well, me just tell you this: you wear you wear a fifteen degree bag all night. It ain't cool at all. You don't have like a different sleeping bag that's a little bit like a no, cooler sir. version. I didn't grow up uh, camping, so yeah. no, we we hoteled it when we went hunting. So yeah, I got uh, I don't know in, in Texas really camping's not a a thing that happens it a isn't. lot. No, because not too much. You know, people. <clears throat> People have there's like this stigma that's created by people from the north, as KC likes to call them Yankees. Um, they uh, they paint this whole like oh summertime fun picture or whatever, where like you know Chevy commercials show these people like smiling and windows down and stuff. You know summertime it's time to go hang out at the lake and go fishing and camping at night and having campfires at night. And down in Texas we're like surviving under a rock with the rattlesnakes. You know it's like this is. Uh, crispy hot all the time yeah don't matter if it's night or day so some of my toughest nights ever have been camping nights yeah uh on the side of the river we used to take kayaks down the river and sleep on the bank <clears throat> and it'd be like 84 you yeah. know and you're trying to sleep and uh, that don't work for me very good i know that yeah. I, I can make it work because i try to not be soft but at the same time I'm not all that tough either, you know, so like yeah. at least it, not, I don't try to be, you know, so I'm willing to admit that that's pretty miserable and I don't want to do it too much. <laughs> it's good, man. Yeah. You're softening up in your old age. And I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I can tell you this, man, for me, about ideal temperature for camping is probably around 40. Mm, that's a good temp. Man. I don't know. That's a little cold. I like if it's it. windy in 40, you're toast. But I, I think know. that like if it's windy in 55, you're still in pretty good shape. I just... I love getting in my bag when it's 40 degrees as the lowest low and just sleeping all night. I can sleep so good when it's 40 degrees. We're going to do that in about a month. Yeah. We're going to South Dakota with the whole crew. We went to Nebraska with the... It was sub-freezing up there last time. It was. We have some frost. Man. But there'll be some 40s for sure while we're there. Good. Um, Went with the OGs to Nebraska this week, and we're about to talk about that. But first, we want to do something. All right, y'all? We want to talk about... shirts (laughs) shirts <laughs> we need to shirts, talk about shirts man. actually here's the deal we are a little poor we are after uh i will t- i'll tell you all this we had a thunderstorm come through and it rocked our world and we ended up getting a motel a couple nights while we were bad on this trip and it worked because out. the thunderstorm sprayed water on us all night it, we were pretty wet we didn't uh, sleep so we got but two that's, nights that's of hotel. Part, of, it's part of the story we'll yeah. get we'll get there we'll get there uh but what we're trying to say they weren't expensive hotels but no. they weren't cheap and it's it was like, labor day weekends we got price yeah. hacked is what yeah. happened but we need to do a little funding and the way y'all can help us all right is to go and buy some merchandise on our website we've got a bunch of new t-shirts that tyler designed that got some cool logos on them we are literally out of money we are <laughs> i got i got a, I got a season shirt on right now the SZN. And then he's I got, got the on university the, look, man. Yeah, that's that's a cool shirt, man. Uh, element shirt. It's got uh, there's like, also 
a uh, there's a black one like this one too that has the antlers on it. Yeah. I like that one a lot as well. Yeah, they're uh, the antlers are the Illinois buck from last year actually. Yeah, and he's just a good clean eight, so made for a good logo. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then there's gonna be some new hoodies pretty soon too. Yeah, so. we've got the new hoodies. Uh, my wife is picking them up today as we speak right now, so um, we will have the new hoodies in stock. They're ready to be ordered at the website, which is elementwild.com. Yeah. We'll get them backslash shop. Get them shipped so. out. To, uh, this week probably if, yep. you, if you buy one so we would really appreciate it if y'all uh, like what we do and want to support us that would be a really great help and then yeah. also just tell all your friends about us that helps too yeah. um, so with that out of the way let's talk a little Nebraska man Tyler I have never hunted Nebraska You've hunted it twice, mm-hmm. and every time you tell me you're not going back, and I'm glad I, you talked me into I it. I talked you into it. Yeah, it went went pretty good this year. If you follow us on social, which you should, you kind of know what we're alluding to. But we won't we won't uh, do the whole tell the end of the story at the beginning. We will uh, we will go chronologically to a certain extent. Um, at the same time, it doesn't make for a very, very good story to spend much time on the travel, I don't think. You no. know, it's an outdoor TV kind of thing that people do. Like, yeah, let's get in the truck and go, I'll meet the buddies at the gas station and go, but... Oh, here we are at the outfitter. We're going to shake some right. hands and Kiss pretend like babies. we haven't met yet. That's right. And my good old buddy, you know, John Leroy here, he, you know, we, I've known him for years. Um, but anyways, <laughs> no, Tyler and I went to Nebraska and hunted public land. And uh, it was a pretty sweet experience. We decided uh, that uh, we would go up there, give ourselves a whole day of scouting to be able to drive around to all these little parcels and check them out and make sure we were wanted to be where we were going to be and yada, yada. We, uh, of course, took a little longer on the way up because there was, like, I think multiple Taco Bell and kombucha stops mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got in, into that boat. But uh, we got there in time to do some, like, end-of-the-day glassing. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of at a spot that we didn't expect to do a lot of scouting. But we ended up going in, bombing in anyways, because you don't want to, like, waste that amount of time if you don't have to, right? So mm-hmm. what do you think you learned from that first evening of scouting? Tyler. Man, I'm trying to even think where that was. It was at that so place where we parked on the side of the highway and jumped That's the right. fence That's and walked right. in about uh, three tenths of a mile. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do I think I learned from that? Yeah. Man, um, I don't know if I learned a lot actually from that uh, because I, I almost I think that what I thought at that point is actually different than what I think now. Mm. Um, about that particular area. So, okay. Well, we you... hunted several different areas and different types of habitats and stuff on this trip, which I've done in the past too. I mean, last year especially, I, you know, two years ago, Anthony and I went up and we hunted, um, you know, pretty much one particular area for uh, five days or four days or something like that. And so, but then last year I moved. You know, it's a statewide tax. You move all over the state. And I pretty much the last two years have done that, and it's been it's been cool, but it's been also very difficult, and it's a, it's a struggle. There's some areas have more mosquitoes than others, and it's not necessarily like an area of the state, but more just an area that you're hunting. You know what I mean? Like it could be lowland, uh, wetland type stuff that has a ton of mosquitoes, or it might not. And we didn't encounter nearly as many mosquitoes this year as I did in the past two. So. But, like, for me, you know, I, I just, uh, this new first spot that we're talking about, we we tried to make something of it for a few days, and it was, 
it was difficult. So what? It, well, and since you changed your opinion about stuff, what did you think you learned that first <clears throat> night at least? Um, I thought I learned that. I thought. I thought that we. I would pretty much was just reaffirming what you and I had was in our minds going up there is that there's going to be quite a few deer around. This is going to be fun, and um, you know this ag is probably a good spot to focus on Mm -hmm. you know but that but i also thought well there's there's deer just living out there and there are but there's definitely a lot easier path to hunting a deer this time of year and it's called ag yeah well that was the thing and we had done quite a bit of research on this stuff and uh we had used that onyx crop layer quite a bit you know you get on there and you you go down it's actually in your hunt layers and you can scroll down and it shows 2020 crop layers Mm -hmm. turn them all on and it'll show you what the fields were in last year Mm -hmm. which is pretty handy except for corn and beans because that gets kind of mixed up you know but you can kind of do a little bit of subtraction or whatever you want to say some swapping around and decide what it's going to be but the stuff that we saw was in hay production and what i've kind of noticed is that can be a gambit of things and but mm-hmm. there there is a particular alfalfa layer and that stuff was not that but i was yeah. in hopes that it would be possibly alfalfa or clover or something but you like made that. a good observe uh, or observation um after we kind of realized that deer were using those hay fields mm-hmm. um where we were like man you know it's just i guess just when they're cutting it the green stuff comes up and that's part of it no mm-hmm. doubt but kc was like well, there's clover coming up in there, and if, if you know anything about food plotting or anything, and I don't know much at all, so I may be speaking out of line here, but I think that clover really likes to be cut. You know, mm-hmm. like people talk about mowing clover a lot, and I think that when it gets mowed, for one, you know, anything that that comes up, sprouts up, or shoots up off of you know an established root system, even is going to be nutrient rich and tender at mm-hmm. first. You know, so that clover probably tasted pretty good one of the problems that we were running into is that um those crop layers were correct but some of these places were not always cut and they are cut just some years and some years not and what we were finding is that the fields that were in hay production perennially often and getting cut often were the ones that the clover would come in, up into and the deer would spend time. Yes. If yep. it was the first time that had been cut this season, them deer didn't care. It was just grass, yeah, yeah. you know. But the places that we saw where, you know, it, it's like they've been cutting it all summer long and they did it all last year too, that's where you'd have clover and that's yeah. what the deer were hitting. I think they're doing uh, maybe some emergency haying and stuff, so they're maybe cutting even more of that stuff than they do in the, in the – yeah. they have done in the past because a lot of that – you know, from Nebraska up through Montana and all that has had a really rough summer for, yeah. as far as drought goes. So. But that first evening, what we did observe is that we saw deer that were moving into that those hay fields at night. Now, who knows if they were spending time there a bunch or if they were just kind of in there checking things out. I don't know. But that that was the pattern that we kind of decided to stick with for the next couple of days. The next morning, we went and glassed over a whole bunch of country, got up on a tall spot, yeah. and uh, looked over some really good habitat and saw some deer. Uh, it was a pretty good haul back in there. and um, But we didn't see a ton of bucks, which ends up kind of being a motif of the trip. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we have friends that have hunted in you know similar areas you've hunted in nebraska pretty close and stuff like that and it's just like man uh it just something was up with the drought year or something where bucks just weren't around as much as you'd expect i mean we we did see a lot of deer uh 
in our time driving around glass and hunting and all that and most of them would be does yeah you know and not even but you don't even see the dinkers that much you know i know when you i'm not saying we didn't see mature bucks i'm not saying we didn't see bucks yeah that's right we didn't see them we didn't see one-year-olds there were spikes and forkies and stuff you know like um we also uh kind of made friends up there with some different people around camp and around you know places we were hunting and stuff Mm -hmm. we you see a hunter you stop and say what's up you know if you're yeah. passing them or whatever so um but we one one guy that we uh had in the campground showed us a picture of a deer that he had found that day and it was a good solid buck and it was just dead in a kind of a swamp wasn't it yeah and, and that, that would make you real sad because you know it's remote area out there you know a lot of stuff is uh, half the people don't even trust the government to even talk about stuff like this, you know. So there might have been an EHD kill going on that nobody really knew about, you yeah. know, or, or that hasn't gotten out. But, I mean, that deer, he said, didn't have any holes in it or anything. Yeah. So. They say deer die of COVID, too. Do they? I've heard they can get it. And I, I've heard they tested positive. I didn't know that they've died from it. I, I, I don't know. That's uh, That would stink. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe you eat those and then you have antibodies. I'm going to label for fake news, so go. please don't don't censor me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, next morning we did see one buck that I would have been willing to shoot. Uh, Tyler and I kind of had a little bit different um, not expectations. What's the word? I'm is looking this for? Open in uh, morning? Or is uh, this the no? This is day the, the scouting morning. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, standards. We had a little bit different standards. I think I was willing to shoot a two-year-old plus. You were really trying to hold out for a three-year-old plus. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't know. This is kind of what we wanted out of the trip, and ne- yeah. neither of us are wrong for it. You know, it's just kind of where we were personally. I didn't shame you or anything. No, I'm not. Saying, I'm, not I'm trying <laughs> no, to make no, sure I'm, that I'm, I'm not making a point that people yeah. uh, love to. I'm not criticizing you for holding out for a bigger deer. No, either. I know. You know that's exactly. kind of what I'm trying to say. My point is on the forums and stuff and oh, in the yeah. Facebook groups. Yeah. Dudes will definitely be pretty mean to yeah. each other. And also, um, good luck actually aging a deer in September in the Midwest. For real. They're all way bigger than what we have, and they all have donecks. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, um, that was a, a buck I would shoot. And then, man, that place started crawling with dudes. There's quite a few people around, it seems. So we kind of shot away from that. And that, and that evening... Um, what did we end up scouting that evening? I don't even remember. Um, was it the one where we both went really far in oh, that's and what I didn't it was. see a single deer? Yeah, and that's when I saw a bunch of does and I saw one little buck, but he was like a mile away. And Dude, so, I went, I went, I probably went close to a mile and a quarter mm-hmm. of walking and not just like easy walking necessarily either. And but I wasn't going through like thick brush or anything, which in East Texas this would be, you know, considered oh, yeah. difficult. But yes. Um, you know just lots of up and down and stuff and dude did not see a deer and i mm-hmm. went to a place where there should have been deer like according to all the habitat and you know thoughts that we had going in and stuff this is a place that should hold deer we've seen yeah. deer at this point already right a good bit of nebraska is just open country mm-hmm. right so whenever you're in that type of country if you can find spots with some tall grass or some trees or whatever, there's a good chance there should be deer there. This because spot sits a mile and a half from yeah, any road. I know, dude. You know, it know. should have deer. And I didn't see a single deer. I sit there and glassed a lot of country all night. Uh, places that had water, you know, which is key. Mm-hmm. And that had tons of cover and green stuff growing around the water. And it's like, man, this is a place where... S- where a doe family group could live at yeah. the very least and i didn't see a deer and yeah I had, 
you know, and some I other know, issues. But it's a weird deal. I don't know why that's the case, but I hunted some stuff throughout the week that was kind of the same deal. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm thinking about. Well, that's further in the story. We'll talk about it later. But there's some times when I didn't see deer, and I thought I should have. But that yeah. evening, I did see quite a few uh-huh. does and uh, learned some stuff. Um, but nothing that really helped us put all the pieces together that we thought we should have. Well, you also kind of go up there hoping to not have to walk a mile and a half just to kill a two-year-old buck. You know, yeah. not, not to make any light of a two, killing a two-year-old buck, but, like, you know, you've killed a bigger one. And just to, to be able to, to do that um, when, in a place that you know dudes killed those type of bucks mm-hmm. in the past – on like stuff way closer to the road it's yeah. like man can we get this done closer and that's you know, the that's and have the some thing more fun go, ro- that, go shoot sharp tails and doves and stuff yeah, like that one of know? the things with this this state is that it's the one of the first ones to open and so really any opener around the country no matter september october whatever you would kind of hope the deer are a little bit dumb yeah because they haven't been hunted in a couple months you know and yeah. at least for the first day you're thinking well I'm going to pop in here, be the only guy at this area, and these deer aren't going to know what hit them, and I'm going to shoot them, you know, a quarter mile from the road. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my mentality heading, heading to Nebraska, and that just wasn't something that ended up happening. Now, it? we did, however, see deer pretty close to the road quite a few times, but mm. uh, in particular, opening morning, this is... You know, start talking about flaws and mistakes and stuff like that. I don't know if it was a mistake. I thought you were supposed to be the great white hunter. Man, I am supposed to be, but I failed. (laughs) That's what people do a lot. I know, I know, dude. Space, right? Oh, you know, (laughs) they 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 just call it a beast tactic. If you go in and don't see anything, you just say, "Oh, I was hunting beast style." You know, <laughs> so I'm not trying to crack too hard on people, man. If no. you hunt like, hunt like that and you have success, good job. But I think it's kind of funny, you know, like uh, the whole like, oh, I didn't see a deer for 15 days, and all of a sudden a giant showed up, and, and that makes you, you know, a giant killer. Well, yeah, it does, but it also makes you guy wasted 15 days of just sitting there. <laughs> but in, That's true. anyways, um, could have been eating Taco Bell. I personally did not feel like i was prepared for opening morning outside of a guess as to where deer would be and i think you were kind of in the same boat and Mm -hmm. i didn't have all my camera stuff together which if y'all are listening to this i say this time and time again we might even make a shirt that says it that says if you're interested in self-filming don't be interested in anymore (laughs) because it ends up making things a lot harder and just you know uh you lose deer because of it and i think that morning was probably part of that because i didn't have any of my camera stuff together i didn't have my hunting pack packed or none of that you know so did it rain on a set night or was it the next night it is the next night okay uh but we so tyler and i decided to go ahead and do an observation sit the next morning and go to one of these places that had some hang going on at it and just sit there and and do some glassing and do hang out together and bounce ideas off of each other which is a good thing to do when you're kind of like well i don't know what to do but at the same time it's not a great way it's my least favorite way to spend opening morning i'm the guy you and i think a, a little bit different on this i believe i feel like my my efforts are best served if i am in a tree with a bow and arrow in my hand i do not like to sit back and observe well, I'm not the ultimate observer either. Yeah. Like, there's guys, man, that, you know, and I think a, a guy that's a killer, Tony Peterson. 
He's been on the I was podcast. thinking about Tony as well. Tony yeah. Treach. They both do it. Oh, yeah. He, just sit, Tony Treach will sit there for three months, it seems like. And yeah. then next thing you know, there's like 14 dead animals on his yeah. Instagram handle. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, what just happened? But, like, there's there's dudes that do it that way and are good at it. Um, I'm, I'm a little more towards your side of things where I like to be in a stand um, it's hard for me even to what's really hard for me more even than just observing is to go sit in a stand that I'm probably going to be observing but I'm uh, but I got a chance mm-hmm. of shooting something I would rather just either observe or get into the mix most of the time uh, not to say I won't be in the mix on the conservative side of the wind or whatever you know but like just if it's like well the deer are going to probably be moving down this thing this line of trees over here um, but to see them, I got to sit 80 yards off. Like, phew, dude, no, yeah. no, thank you. Put yeah. me, put me in there on the downwind side. Let me hunt, or just put me on a hill a mile away with a spot and scope. You know what I mean? Yeah. One or the other. I ain't walking a mile back in there to sit 80 yards from where I think the deer are going to be. You know, so that's kind of I'm I'm more uh, to your side of things here. But like, I just know, like you said, like Nebraska's got a lot of open country in the state, and. I think there's a good opportunity to see things work for you and mm-hmm. go make things happen. And, and we ended up uh, seeing seeing things happen that morning mm-hmm. and, and almost made it happen that night. I felt like we should have it. It's an unfortunate deal, man, really. But like, yeah. so we, we sat on a, on a hill not far from one of the, the hay meadows that you had talked about. Had a drastic mixed calculation in this thing, too, where we ended up glassing downwind of us which is a bad deal and then here's a problem that we were running into the whole state of nebraska okay it took us a little while to figure this out but the whole state of nebraska on weather underground the wind directions were inverted yeah so whenever it called for southwest you would have a northeast and it wasn't just like a mess up like a little individual thing it's like they have their wind flag turned 180 degrees. Yeah. So by day three, we were just looking and saying, okay, the reverse of that is this. That's what you the wind- figured it out. I'm glad you did because I, I would have just been like, I don't know what in the world is going on. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have just clocked out and been like, I guess I'm just going to have to stick my finger in the wind to get before I go somewhere, you know? Yeah, it was bad. So that's what we did that first morning, though, is we're like, oh, the wind will be good. Then we get up there, and it's not. And then all of a sudden, <clears> deer start popping out, and we're like, well, we can't get up because they're definitely going to spook that way. Yeah, and we're not glassing downwind from a mile. We're glassing downwind from like 300 yards. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's essentially what happens is we're sitting there, and I think we're looking at a few does that are coming out or something, mm-hmm. and or maybe a, bat, a small group of bachelor bucks. Uh, yeah, like filtering down from the left. A bunch of 1.5s. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, they're not downwind or anything, but all of a sudden, you, you say, man, there's uh, deer, deer running. running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll look over, and there's deer, like, jumping, and they're, like, half mile away or whatever. They're just jumping up in this tall stuff, and they end up uh, – well, we put glass on them. We're like, they're bucks, you know? We've got spot and scope and everything. And uh, we end up uh, watching them make their way all the way down to, like, 200 yards from us or whatever. And basically, at the same time that all these, these does and other small bachelor group of bucks uh, come out, and all these deer sitting out in the corner of this hay meadow next to a tree where they could be killed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> On the upwind side of the tree, too. Yeah. And so if 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 we had decided we wanted to hunt that place that morning, these would probably be the trees that we would have pushed into yeah. to hunt. Well, there's only two of them. Yeah. We had to pick one or the other, and they're, mm. they're within range and downwind of both of them. Yes. Upwind of both of them. So, and two, two, the two bucks that I'm talking about are both, like, 
two to three year old eight points. You said I didn't get a look at them, but yeah, like decent I think eights. they're both three year olds. They're like de- decent eights, you yeah. know, like it's the class of buck that at least one of us is going to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. If not both of us. And so anyway, um, they all kind of catch our wind at the same time, which got weird because those bucks kind of pushed out and nosed those does real briefly, and then got our wind. And so I thought, well, maybe they, you know, since they're hanging out with those does and things got weird and does got weird before they did and everything, like maybe it's kind of a rut situation where the buck's not paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on. And it wasn't, apparently. Uh, Those deer kind of flipped out, took off running, and they went back into this uh, just basically mostly just grass and sunflowers it's lowland cover stuff yeah, uh, yeah. and so there's a bunch of just really tall stuff because you know Nebraska's arid anywhere that it's low it's going to be a little wetter and there was just super yeah. tall grass in there and it was uh it was good habitat and you just assume they'd run off in there and that's where they'd be yeah and so we were like huh okay that was like essentially a wind bump like you hear other people talking about that we just did so they have no no reason to just be super scared because deer season hasn't started yet. We're going to go back there tonight and hunt those bucks. Dump them. Yeah, we're going to do say. the dump of the bump. <laughs> we're going to dump right? them. That's right. So um, we uh, we the bump to dump strategized and we decided that I'd hunt on a different end of that big habitat stuff, and Tyler would go in and hunt right where we saw those deer. Casey and gave me the. Gave me the first man up mentality thing. Well, you have some, you have a score to settle in Nebraska, and I'm still trying to figure out what game we're playing. So, you know, it's different. Uh, and I wanted you to go in there and dad come kill a buck, man. That's what I wanted to happen. <laughs> me too. Because it was a little bit selfish of <laughs> me because I was like, man, if he goes in and kills one on day one, all I got to do is help him pack this thing out. And then I got a cameraman the rest of the time. I don't have to mess with none of this stuff, That's you know. Right. But uh, that didn't end up happening. Uh, mm-hmm. We both went into our respective places. Um, one of the things we ran into on this trip that is good and bad is that there's two of us, and so we can just kind of share the load of going on an out-of-state trip together and bounce ideas off each, off each other. And if y'all scout different places, yeah, if y'all know us, you know this is how we work and it works well. But uh, a thing that happens when you're in these parts of the country where two of you may want to hunt in different areas because, I mean, let's face it. Uh, a lot of times, one area doesn't have a spot for two dudes, or yeah. at least good ones. Uh, you. Or Somebody's going to get the B spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I kind of took the B spot, but I, I, I was also just kind of wanted to learn. And I thought that there was a good chance. And I saw some deer, but ended up being a, another wind situation where the wind was not what I thought it was going to be. Just kind of a weird thermally kind of thing. And ended up, I just was winding everything that I thought I was going to be hunting, which, yeah. uh, you know, newsflash guys, we are not the professionals, right? I, yeah. I was actually using beast tactics that night, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you were. That was, you know, I didn't want to have them too close to me. But yes, yeah. anyways, I didn't have a great hunt. You, on the other hand, saw quite a few and I deer. Had a, I had a really good hunt actually, yeah. um, I, and I was hoping this was kind of going to be the the motif throughout the the week where we were able to find something finally and go in and make a move and it would be a good hunt and it really didn't be it wasn't that way but um that night it was and i had i had so i set up in one of those trees and the way it laid out is it was next to uh some water and so like it pinched the deer between kind of that water and the hay meadow Mm -hmm. um the cover did uh, you know and so it all like this huge swath of lowland grass and sunflowers and all kinds of different kinds of bedding habitat stuff you know small plum thickets and whatever 
all filters down to a 70-yard spot or 80-yard spot here between the meadow and the water and then from there goes up into you know miles of more hay meadows and stuff and so it, it sets up nice like i'm feeling real good about this spot and so i go in and uh get set up and you know willow which is about there may be a whole hour-long podcast that needs to be had on how to set up in a willow tree because they're difficult but i get up in there and got a few shots and stuff and if you're listening in Texas or in the south or wherever and you're thinking about willow trees just being these tall, straight things that are around water, <laughs> that ain't how it is Bush. whenever you're in the Midwest or wherever. They, Bush they, willows, that's what they that's call what them. That's what right? they call them, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, they have stickers, not stickers, but just like suckers and limbs sticking off every six inches. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it was yeah. difficult, you know, but I got up in there, got it set up, got some shots. Um, and basically had every single deer, long story short, come past me that night that we had seen the morning before, plus maybe two does. Um, and as they're coming through, I'm like, this is, this is good. It's about to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be right before dark, but it's going to happen. And just ran out of light, never saw all the two bucks. And so I don't know what the deal was, but got out of there, was hoping to be as quiet as possible and get out as quick as possible so I didn't spook those bucks if they were, like, coming through in the dark or whatever, you know, and give them another chance the next morning. I don't think we actually hunted them the next morning. The next day, I hunted them the, the a morning later, I think, right? I don't remember. See, I it believe, gets all mixed up at this point in time, and it's pretty hard for me to do chronological. Well, the next morning, well, that was the night we had the rainstorm come through. Oh. The next morning, we didn't hunt because we got blasted yeah. all night Dude. Uh, we didn't sleep hardly at all. No. From 1 to 5, we didn't sleep. Yeah. We went to bed at 11. Yeah. Here's another thing. When you come up here and start hunting early season, dude, the end of shooting light is like in, in the 830s, 840s. Yeah. So, like, it's it's a late night whenever yeah. you pack up all your stuff, end up driving back to camp. You still need to eat somewhere in there. Yeah. Supper has to happen. Yeah. You end up going to bed at 11 and getting up at 445. That's terrible. And you start doing math, uh, that ain't meeting the six hours of, like, necessity pretty much for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, and, and you do that for a couple nights in a row, and then you mix in a, like, four-hour-long torrential thunderstorm. Mm. Like, this wasn't just rain. No, talking about, at one point, I'm thinking the tent's blowing down uh, right now. It was bad, dude. <clears throat> it was real bad. And it just dripped this little misty drip on us all night on your head. Like, you had to cover your face just so you could try to get sleep, and mm. you just lay there awake still, you know, because all of a sudden there'd be some weird wind come from the north that just, you're like, oh, tornado, here we go, mm. you know. We're about to go Dorothy up in the up in the air here. But anyway, we didn't hunt that next morning. And Which then, is a missed hunt. <clears throat> so there's two morning hunts that are missed yeah. hunts. And you know what I like a lot in the early season? What's that? Morning hunts. Yeah. So Because it's cooler in the yeah. mornings. Yeah. And uh, so that's... You know, that's kind of a detriment. It also rained that morning, I believe, right? So that's another reason I think we didn't it was go. Still it was raining. supposed to rain yeah. or something, but... Yeah, <clears> and we, you know what? Honestly, I'll, I'll go out and try to hunt in the rain. It makes filming difficult, but... Um, but you if, pair that with, with not sleeping, yeah, man. Yeah, not sleeping and getting <clears> rained on in a tent. Like, if we're somewhere where we're staying in a in a motel or a house or something like that, <clears> you can just get, get ready, dry, yeah. and go, you yeah. know? But, like, trying to get ready to go on a hunt when it's coming down... It's pretty difficult, yeah. you know, or almost impossible. Yeah. So, so that's probably why we missed that morning. So somewhere that, in there, either this this midday or the next or the last midday of, the, of opening day or whatever, we stomped around, did a bunch of walking actually, and 
I was pretty tired from this. I didn't realize until after we dove hunted. Uh, oh yeah, because it was open day of dove and grouse as well. And we saw the world's most magical grouse ever it disappeared from us at one point. Um, and then we killed, you know, ten dove or something like that, yeah. walking them up, you know. And uh, it was it was fun, man. It was it a was. good time. We didn't get to do as much of it as I wish we would have, because uh, you know we're white to hunting. You know we're there to have fun, and that's why we went ahead and and got you know everything it took to dove hunt but at the same time you know sooner or later you're like okay i need to stop just playing and make sure yeah. like if we'd have had deer located and had good ideas for every evening we would have done more dove hunting yeah but a lot of time i was spending on the maps oh, and yeah. we also ended up doing hot meals midday that way we could just come home and throw a sandwich together you know because yeah. it's good to have one hot meal a day so we'd cook during the middle of the day you know eat some fajita chicken or something like that and then yeah, anyways, we, we ended up dove hunting that first day. And then where did we hunt the first evening? Oh, we hunted. Uh, <clears throat> I kind of made the call on where we hunted, and I pushed into a really good bedding area Yeah, spot. we started doing uh, – we started flip-flopping on the A, B spots. So yeah. we decided, well, this day KC would do – you know get the choice and i would hunt around him and vice versa the next day mm-hmm. or whatever so yeah and that was a i felt like i felt pretty good about that it was one of those all or nothing sits and b style you know that's and, it man uh, that's it and i uh <laughs> you're a regular old beast that's hunter. right and i i got the nothing side of it i don't think i actually saw a deer that night which was uh one of the only nights that that truly happened to me um, was that the night that I hunted the south side of that Yes, deal? it was. Yeah. yeah, and you actually had a pretty good hunt there, too. I did. I saw like a dozen deer. Yeah. I don't think I saw any bucks, and I had only one doe come past me the way that I really wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see a lot of country, Our too. Our plan before we went up there was to, in the evenings, hunt bed to feed and try to get in between deer, and in the mornings, try to be in the mix of bedding areas that we had kind of predetermined what that would be on the map yes, and stuff yeah. and then uh, confirmed some of that with our eyeballs. <clears throat> and that evening, you went in to kind of get in between deer and food, and I think you ended up being a little too far from the food. Didn't you see a lot um, more deer between you and food? I only saw on on the, like, line of bed to food that I was hunting, I only saw, I think, three deer that came through that would have been on that line that weren't on my side and then the rest of them were on other sides coming over hills and yeah you know wherever else uh and then the one that i had come by me was a single doe she came i mean she came it was money dude i'm talking broadside 20 yards never had a clue i was there wind was perfect um could have smoked her you know Mm -hmm. but but it's nebraska and you're looking for a buck well and all those deer came through before like yeah, seven thirty. Still pretty, had like an hour left or more. I guess shooting. that's an early season thing because I always think that like, and you say this, and this is why you like evenings a lot because you're always building towards. It's getting better and better and better until you can't shoot no more. That's right? why I like it, but and, or that's how I think about it. But early season kind of didn't really seem to be that way. A lot of times we saw movement up until sunset, and then there would wouldn't be anything else. Yeah. You know, it's like they. I guess they are just comfortable and nobody's messing with them. Right. So. You know, uh, we talked about this, you know, in the, in the human sense, you know, after you've been sitting down for about six hours, you're ready to get up and find a snack and go do something, you know, and, 
And if they feel like there's danger out there, then they will suppress that for a while. Go find them a staging area or something. But, you know, these deer were just like, oh, it's 630. Let's go with the food. You yep. know, yep. we saw that a lot. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> I don't know how the next few days played out really. You know, there's nothing too monumental sighting wise to make sure that we talk about it but pretty much we spent our mornings and evenings hunting started working real hard pushing in a little bit further and we were uh, driving around midday looking for new places to hunt you know driving here there and everywhere yeah what you'll run into on these trips as well is that you end up like burning through some gas because it's 45 minutes here, 30 minutes over there, trying to look at all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, you know, sooner or later you kind of make some some interesting discoveries and see some things and end up hunting in some <clears throat> new spots. And throughout all this, we actually did find a place that we were interested in. It was a little bit different type of habitat than what we were looking at. It was um, thicker country, you know, more <laughs> trees and that sort of stuff. And um, you and I talked about this, but one of the appealing things about open country is that you can kind of pinpoint where you think the deer are going to be mm-hmm. in habitat. And where there is actually good deer habitat, that's where they're at. And whenever it's, you know, cattle grazed grass, they're not there. But then you start hunting these places that are pretty heavily wooded. And it's like, okay, well, really the only way for me to determine where these deer are going to be is to get in there, find a trail, find sign or, or yada, yada, which mm-hmm. we can do. Yeah. Right. But yeah. if you can do it on the map and just take a lot of that boot work out, and shoot one three quarters from, or uh, you know three tenths of a mile from the road. That's great. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's, I think there's also this thing you see in the more wooded country where there's more ag too. So like you've, you possibly have a chance for a the habitat is greater, the ag is greater. Maybe there's more deer around, and then b um, you have some options for what you pretty much know will be destination. Whereas like. Even those hay fields weren't like hard draws for them. No. It wasn't like a green green bean field or alfalfa or even corn. You know, it was yeah. like the deer kind of migrating up that way, but you know, not uh, like some deer I, I had seen in when we were hunting hay fields. Like were kind of going almost opposite of the direction that I thought they would go. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's what you. That's one thing that gives you an advantage, I guess, in that more uh, wooded country. You know. And so we, yeah, we went and looked at a bunch of different stuff, and we decided at some point that we were going to go try um, to hunt something different. Yeah. Just for, with the lack of bucks, you know, we mm-hmm. driving around and stuff, we weren't seeing bucks. And you know, if you're driving, if you're walking a mile, mile and a quarter in, and and looking at these pockets that are so remote and not uh, seeing bucks or even deer sometimes like something has to change you know and i was which this may be saying something bad about me but i was <laughs> i was ready ahead of you on that you know i was not giving it probably it's due attempt well, or whatever we get we had pretty much made it to like about near day four and i felt like we hadn't even <clears throat> really hunted like we would like to if mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's all the morning that's a stinky thing about one of these out-of-state hunts where it's like man if you miss a couple hunts because of one thing or another like you're missing out at that point in time because you don't you haven't gained all the information you need to know and then you start you know bombing into these places and 
you're fighting with your gear because it's the first part of the season. Yeah. You know, thank goodness that we at least are saddle hunters. You know, like, it, golly, some of these tiny trees and stuff. And I'm oh, not, yeah. well, I probably shouldn't call myself a saddle hunter. I'll do whatever. But we brought saddles and used them a lot on this trip. We yeah. used our cruisers a lot. And, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to just bring that little um, – what, seeker platform in yeah. and stick that Which in a tree. Which is actually a big platform, but it's still smaller than a tree stand, you know? Yes, it so. is. And so you're not carrying in a ton of weight, right? Yeah. And then you got no stand because you got your saddle on most of the time, unless you forget it. Uh, you know, it's good to put that thing on before you leave the truck. <laughs> yeah, uh, I walked a good 70 yards with that one on when I was a cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we both actually left the... Uh, the truck without our bows at a certain point in time <laughs> Dude, as I walked, hunters. I only walked 10 yards Here's without my bow, though. When it, I walked 400 at least. <laughs> Had to put all my stuff down and run back to the truck. Probably saw every deer in there saw me. Oh. Uh, but um, that's what happens whenever, like, you get to this crunch time kind of feel when you're like, golly, dude, it's day three, and you were just wringing your brain out like it is a wet wash rag to mm-hmm. – just draw every bit of information about what you should do to kill a deer mm-hmm. and then you're so concentrated on the maps and all and all this stuff you end up like just forgetting the most essential part of your hunting equipment and that's uh that's when you're like okay i need to sleep a little bit yeah. and do this so yeah. and that's and honestly that's a good reason to feel like man you know maybe it's time for a change you know mm-hmm. um but uh yeah anyways the setups on this thing and a lot of these trees were pretty were pretty difficult. And I, and I yeah. think that I ended up using um, a couple times. I brought in all four of my sticks, mm-hmm. and a couple times I didn't use a single zero stick. sticks. I did yeah. the same thing. Those willows, you know, you can get up to them, yeah. up, get up in them pretty easy because there's limbs, like you said, on everything. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's hard to get shots, and you don't know for sure that you're going into a willow yeah. sometimes, which we started to figure out, you know, if we were or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And, but yeah, that's the thing is like you got willows and cottonwoods and some other junk, you know. But those are the two trees that I end up hang, hanging in a lot, hung in some evergreens too. But yeah, uh, a willow tree, no sticks, cottonwoods, every stick you have, plus some extra rope to get it all the way around, you know. <laughs> and it's like, goodness gracious, yeah, uh, it's, it's nice to at least simplify things somewhat. But I ended up, um, you know, doing that where I didn't have as many sticks. But the hangs were tough. I learned a lot on this trip because. I have for a long time thought I wanted one of those little pouchy type bino harnesses, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that I don't still want one. Thanks, Cody, for letting me borrow yours or give it to me, whatever you did. Uh, <laughs> but um, I tell you what, trying to hang in the tree, that thing gets in the way because yeah. you got that lineman's belt around you and you're working, trying to do everything between your chest and the tree, and then mm-hmm. you got four inches sticking out right there. It ain't no good. Mm-hmm. I uh, I do like some of the stuff that we we use and y'all know that we use uh cobra releases for you know shooting our bows and stuff and yours and mine both yep. it cams over so that release instead of sticking out here being in the way instead of uh you know being in the way while you're trying to do stuff it actually goes holds back, back on your forearm yeah tight on your forearm that way it's just kind of hidden and out of the way that helps too whenever you put on a layer because uh we had situations where the mosquitoes were bad out there and we had to put those layers on and when that thing folded back you just be able to slip your hand right yeah. through the sleeve and i like and that really... it doesn't um ding on every stick that you put up <laughs> or you know as a self-filmer you know it's 
the camera arm and stuff like that, you know, like it doesn't ding on it because you've got it back against your arm usually. Yeah. You can keep it from slopping all around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they're difficult. They, there's some difficult hangs for sure and just kind of being out of, out of the hanging shape, you know. Yeah. But, um, man, I, there's, look at those bike tires. I know, dude. We're looking <laughs> at this tiny. kayak trailer next to us over here, which is <laughs> it's cool, but, like, I'm pretty sure that's like an $800 kayak and a $2,000 trailer he's got there. <laughs> and the guy's driving a truck. I mean, if you're listening to this, man, I'm sorry. It's a cool trailer. I would probably use it for some other stuff, too. Maybe he does. That's part of the deal, too. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so we kind of shifted at, at a certain yep. point in this trip. Mm-hmm. Not that we were abandoning our first places, right? Because there was some possibilities there, but we weren't seeing the deer numbers and we're seeing way more hunters than what we wanted to. Yeah. So we started trying to pop around and find maybe some overlooked stuff. There's a lot more, there's a lot of people we were starting to see, man. And I think that that being able to see as much country as you could where we were at mm-hmm. first, like I think that was just kind of the plan of a lot of dudes is like oh it's 85 let's just drive around and see what we can look at and then maybe pop in tonight or something yeah but we decided to get into some rougher country so that we could um maybe get away from people and yeah find some deer that weren't messed up the i guess it would be the morning before we went and hunted that stuff i went in eight tenths of a mile pretty much bombed in through some hills and stuff and went to this spot and saw <laughs> essentially zero deer i saw a doe at 600 yards and then sat there on the coldest morning that we had had right yeah. i mean it was like probably high 50s and windy for for sun up and then it got i i put on my heavier jacket uh that i brought mm-hmm. and uh didn't see any deer and it was pretty depressing so that's kind of what led that us was to the it. spot that we saw deer the first evening yes right? exactly mm-hmm. and apparently on the morning it is not the thing to do <laughs> and here's the other thing we're running into we had upland hunters and all kinds of stuff that were running around chasing birds and stuff too and you know more power to them you know woohoo, public land but you know like at the same time if i'm being real with y'all i would rather be the only person on that whole property mm-hmm. absolutely you, you mean know? you don't want to be the bad dude that just is better than everybody else yeah exactly <laughs> yeah dude oh my gosh it drives me crazy this mentality of like I want to go kill deer everyone else can hunt it's like I don't care about that at all <laughs> I just want to go hunt I be deer. left alone yes exactly I don't see anybody I'm tired of being told what to do and that's and that's part of why you know I went back in there eight tenths of a mile I didn't see anybody back in there but I didn't see any deer either I hunted our hay meadow spot uh-huh. that morning and you saw a guy <clears throat> I did yeah and yeah. he kind of messed up your hunt not, th- not intentionally you know no. but, uh, um, he didn't even know you were there mm-hmm. but uh I didn't see as many deer either. Yeah. Kind of wondered if I was kind of... I did have a buck bed at like 80 yards that I couldn't get video of. No, maybe I did get video of him. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, it was just... It was tough, man. So, So for that evening, we decided to go change it up and go to a different spot. And I said, you know what, Tyler? I'm going to... We found some ag. And I said, I'm going to stay up here by this ag and just try to shoot a deer kind of at last light, you know, bed to feed. Um because we'd established there was a deeper spot we could go into as well mm-hmm. and uh, i was deeper. i was more than willing to let you go into the deeper spot after my morning of just pretty pretty tough hunt you know and mm-hmm. i really had good confidence in where i was gonna oh, sit me too and i thought I, you were gonna smoke one dude i did too man and i had uh you're getting this weird thing right where your license is good for a buck or a doe and Everybody wants to shoot a buck, especially out of state, you know. Like, I'll shoot a doe at my house or something, you know. But dealing with a doe meat 
and all that stuff, you know, and trying to and putting your buddy out because, you know, really when you kill a deer in the evening, it's pretty much you're done for the next morning unless you want to be another one of those real tough guys that only gets three hours of sleep. And that's not me. <laughs> um, so I didn't shoot any does. They came out with like, you know, five or seven minutes left of shooting light. And at the same time, you're thinking, man, they're out now. The buck's going to be right behind them. Mm-hmm. They were in there a little bit deeper. Never happened for me. However, mm-hmm. you had a different experience. I did. It was called a sweaty experience. Sweaty experience. <laughs> uh, uh, S-E. S-E, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so when I left out, um, KC and I kind of had to go in the same direction as you do on most public properties, a lot of them, um, especially like smaller stuff, you know. And we kind of go, go in the same direction, and there's an easier way for me to go into my spot, but it's likely that I'm going to walk past his deer. So, you know, thinking about access and stuff, <clears throat> I basically just, Casey was like, man, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I think if you do walk down that regular <laughs> spot, you know, into what makes it easy. It could affect what I got going on. It could affect on. what I got going on. I was like, yeah, it definitely, I wouldn't even, I, actually at that point I didn't even think about, I knew exactly that I was going to go down the fence line, right, yeah. instead of go like into my spot or whatever. And so, um, but I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm going. So I went, and the first drop that I did, it was, like, steep. And I was like, golly, this, you know, we've been out on some flat stuff, you know. Four and, sticks and yeah, full camera equipment. Uh, three sticks. Three sticks. I started I started carrying three sticks last year, and I think that is a very magical number. Um, so I've been doing that a lot. What do you think with three steppers? Are you still going to be a three stick with three three steppers? That's a good question. I, f- I think it could be good. Yeah. Um, to me, um, you know, every little bit is, you know, every stick is two pounds or whatever-ish, mm-hmm. maybe a little more. Um, so it's not like a huge difference, but the bulk of carrying th- four over three is also a difference because when you stack them, you know, four is over a foot tall usually or around and when you start trying to get that in through vines and limbs and stuff it's just difficult man mm-hmm. so and not to mention it does add two pounds that you have to deal with with only your wrist muscles sometimes you know <laughs> so it's, it is a considerable chunk but like two for me i'm not near as monkey as you um two just i have a hard time getting more than eight to ten foot with two and i really like being like 12 to 16 a lot mm-hmm. and so it's just three works for me, you know. But yeah. anyway, I, I went in in there, and as soon as I got down into the first draw or whatever, I was like, "Dude, this is gonna be a haul out of here." But this is magical. Like this is awesome looking. It's just so cool. Way different habitat, you know. Like we'd driven quite a ways or whatever, and it's like, man, this is awesome. This is, you know, almost like a daggum elk hunt or something. You know, like it's just got some got some elevation isn't it really wasn't like an elk hunt you know I've been, I've been on some really rough ones you know think about the gila and stuff places we've been man rough rough but you know as a whitetail hunter you like to think that you're After awesome you've been uh walking around <laughs> hayfields that's this the thing is, is we've done we, uh, we have really kicked it pretty hard and we're tired and everything else you know so it was and it's 85 degrees or whatever so i'm mm-hmm. sweating real bad going in uh, but i finally kind of get up on top and um, get some wind, breeze blowing. I'm feeling good, and I kind of get back into my spot that we had looked at, and talked about, and um, the wind wasn't perfect, but it was a decent wind. And so um, we f- we finally had a firmly established the opposite rule of the wind. Yes, yeah, yes. we knew we knew what it was going to be. So I knew that going in. I just 
uh, I thought this could be a good spot. It's way back in. I think straight line, I measured it a little over eight tenths um, straight line, and I definitely didn't walk a straight line going in. <laughs> uh, so it's probably, I mean, I'd like to say it's definitely close to a mile just getting oh, in there. I think there's no issue with saying that because that doesn't figure in with the elevation loss and gain, mm-hmm. too. You know, straight lines are straight lines. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some elevation. And so, like, I'm, uh, I get. I get to my my kind of spots, an area. It's you know a tree line essentially, and um, I'm not sure exactly what part of the tree line I'm gonna I'm gonna be on, but I know that this you know on the aerial I see a, I can see a trail, and a lot of times we just don't know if they're cattle or not. You know, mm-hmm. like if there's cattle in there or if the trail is a cattle trail or whatever. So we kind of take them with a grain of salt. You know, hey guys, we've told you this probably plenty of times. You know, call people before you go and this and that. It's it's a little disheartening to learn how many WMA and public land managers, biologists, whatever, don't actually know what's going on. Dude, even federal people, man. Yeah. Like, you, you could call them. They wouldn't know either. No. they. Yeah. I mean, and not that they're not doing their best, because I don't know. I'm not going to make a judgment call on that. But I'm going to say this. You still have to vet what you get from people you yep. can't just take it to the bank yep. you know and well we definitely were surprised one morning <laughs> yes thinking we're, there was no cattle in there what are and there these was new tons, cows doing <laughs> tons of cattle yes. in there yeah we were assured it was like well you know where are the cows going to be on this place like oh no there won't be any cows really that's cool great they, to know they're literally everywhere literally on every square cardinal <laughs> direction we could see there was a cow <laughs> <laughs> anyway so not knowing there was cattle and stuff, I, I had my kind of thoughts or whatever. But on the way in, didn't see much sign of cattle, so I felt good, like fresh sign, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Whenever so, you're scouting for cattle, what are you looking for, Tyler? I'm looking for fresh droppings, <laughs> fresh dukes, <laughs> big piles, and big old dukes, cow pies, um, <laughs> and you know, you can obviously the uh, thousand pound animal puts a lot more uh, wear and tear into a trail. Yeah, that's right. Um, so. I get in there, doesn't look like cattle are in there. I'm like, hmm, this could be good, you know. Who knows, maybe this trail's from a 10-year-old uh, image or whatever, and, you know. Or a 10-year-old buck. Or, yeah. Um, so, like, I'm maybe looking at an image of when there were cattle on it. So, I got to still see this trail. So, I'm thinking with the wind, I'm like, I'm going to move up uh, to the uh, kind of top side of this thing. Top side being, like, towards the ag or whatever of this tree line, um, which really wasn't super close to like corn it was pretty close to milo uh which i would consider corn being a lot more desirable but i do know that they do like a milo field up there Mm -hmm. uh experienced that the last three years they they do like about anything field because it's just different than what's around that's right man i think uh, half time on that milo they're just out there messing around because they're like oh this is you know different yeah and it's thick yeah um anyway so i start working my way up slowly to the top and trying to be it's so quiet dude at this point uh all the storms have passed and our rain heads have dried out oh rain head we we have a uh, very light light and variable wind and so i get up and i'm i kind of looking through these trees on this tree line i'm trying to kind of pick one before i walk in because i don't want to i don't want to spread scent one thing that i'm thinking on my access route too is like you can't always do this but i'm like okay when I get closer to the stand, especially, like, I want to make sure that I walk through on the upwind side um, because I don't want a deer 
uh, or no, technically the downwind side, because I don't want a deer to stop on my upwind side that's smelling my wind. It's coming the direction I want them to, you know what I mean, or I think they're coming from, and to smell my, my ground scent and stop or, you know, whatever, go away. So I always try to go on the, the side that I think the deer will be on, essentially once they pass me from the direction they're coming from or whatever. So I kind of work to this kind of upwind side or whatever. Um, and I end up uh, picking a tree fairly quickly. I looked at a couple different ones and I was like, this one has the best opportunity for shots. And we had somebody recently reach out, I think on YouTube and say that we should do a, ser- or a video that talks about how to, how to pick a tree, you know, for saddle hunting or whatever, mm-hmm. or technically for anything, I guess. But um, I think it was on a saddle video maybe. But anyway, um, you know, for me, when I pick a tree for saddle, it's different. It's I'm looking for a different spot on the tree than I am when I'm tree stand hunting. Um, so anyway, found the tree, and I was like, man, it's pretty good. And I, I could get up pretty decent high height in it without having to use many sticks because it's got a bunch of these like limbs that are like you know the size of my forearm or so. And I'm like, those you know those will hold my weight and everything you know as steps going up. And I'm like, this is this is good. So uh, I'm being, I actually was really quiet getting in and I intentionally, you know, decided to, to go slow and get in and I, we got in there early. We Gosh, laughed about I was it. just in the oven up at the front. <laughs> just getting cooked up at the front, you know, cause he, he had to go in a little bit early and he's like, we're like talking strategy and stuff and I'm trying to help him, but I'm also at the same time, like, I got to go so far into here. Like I need to get, so anyway, I, like I got in at a, I, I had to sit there a while too. Uh, getting in there but I, f- I felt good about it and so I was able to take my time I was really quiet which is ends up being a good thing I think because you'll find out in a minute um, so I'm, I get in I don't make hardly any noise I don't have to break any limbs really uh, I had to break like one or two limbs and I tried to do it when the wind would kind of gust up a little bit and I get in there I basically used one step uh, step and then was able to use uh, limbs the whole way up so I had these like I don't. I haven't really liked uh, putting my extra sticks on the ground lately. I don't know if you have any qualms about that. But I I've always. Been, it's funny enough. I I'll put them on the ground, but I always put them on the downwind side of myself. Yeah, I did <laughs> that on, on a willow this, yeah. this week too. Same thing. Yeah, it's like if they're going to catch my wind, they're going to or my sticks wind. They're going to catch it yeah. from you know they're going to catch me first or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. But I took these up in the tree with me because I wasn't for sure what was going to happen in this new place. Same thing like you talked about earlier. It's in the, it's in the timber, so you just don't know for sure. And it ends up, you know, that that's definitely the case looking at this hunt. But um, I, so I hang, I, we got these rubber wire things that you bought us that are pretty cool. And I'm able to hang one of the ste- steps in a tree and the other one I'm hanging off my belt and uh, on my cruiser. And I end up... Um, setting up getting everything ready and i can see these i can see that you know i had already seen this but the, i validate that that trail is still there and it's a deer trail and i'm like this is good this could be real good you know but everything towards the ag fields from me doesn't really funnel them too well so i was a little bit worried that i was still sitting in a pretty large like dma if you've ever heard us talk about those and so um anyway set up chilling and uh, kind of looking through Instagram kind of early, you know, and texting the group and stuff and texting KC and asking him about stuff. And, you know, it's typical me, like, man, I just don't know. I don't feel too confident, you know. I mean, like, 
if I don't feel like this is the best funnel with the best deer thing about to happen, like most of the time I'm like, ah, I don't feel super confident. Because most of the time you go out and you don't kill a deer. That's you right. know what I mean? And so um, I'm doing that kind of thing where I'm like, man, it's, it feels good. Everything feels good. It just, I just could easily have a deer not come through bow range here or whatever, you know? So anyway, I, uh, I'm sitting there and it starts getting kind of, you know, prime time uh, where like deer in the past few days have been out for an hour now moving around and I hadn't seen anything. So it's like 7.30, right? I end up um, turning kind of around to my downwind side. I'm checking it a lot. I, I hunted hard, man. Like I actually was not on my phone a whole lot when I was hunting, especially because there's so many leaves on the trees that like if you don't keep an eye on it, a deer could literally be in your shooting lane before you had a clue he was in the world. You know oh what yeah, mean? well that's the thing with that thick stuff up in there. Yeah, you're out there in that more open stuff, and you're just in a little habitat pocket. If you don't see a deer, you could probably look down for quite a while and then look back up and check. Yeah. You know, because and if you do see one, they're a quarter mile away, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, he's headed this way. I got yeah. plenty of time. You know, well, I had some trees even in the open stuff of the willows. You know, where I could not see a chunk, and I would be like, man, if this dude. I can't shoot this dude till he's at 30 yards or 25 yards. Mm-hmm. And if he walked straight in from that big, huge blob of willow right in front of me, I would never know. So I, I spent a lot of time this evening and a, a couple other evenings as well. I literally would just check my five or six spots the whole time. I would just be like, I look here, I may glass it, put put the binos down, and then look over here. And that's you know I can only see forty yards this direction, so I know there's nothing there or whatever. And I watch it for a second, make sure nothing moves. And I go over there and I look. And I just did that the whole time, man, because I'm like it's it's getting time that stuff should mm-hmm. move, you know. And so this is this place is remote, you know. Like I'm back in there, I'm, just, I'm expecting to see deer. I turn around about seven thirty, check my downwind side because there's there's that's where the one of the ag fields is it's milo and i don't expect there to be a ton of deer that direction but there's definitely going to be some deer i feel like and when i as soon as i turn around i can see a little hole in all the trees and stuff out there next to that milo and at like 90 yards i see a deer immediately know it's a buck he's big enough you know put my my binos up he's walking towards my wind and he's actually i had been dropping milkweed and i did not expect him to be like, I, I expected him to be a good 15 to 20 degrees off my wind still, like, from the edge of my wind, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I glassed him up, and I'm like, holy smoke. I thought he was a 10-point at first. So it takes all the dudes, you know? But uh, he was a – he I got footage of him. He's a slick eight, but he's big. He's bigger than the one I shot. And uh, – What? Oh, am I supposed to cut that out? Uh-huh. Um, anyway, I um, see this big deer, and – I put my my binos down. I get the camera on him, and I'm trying to fi- or I'm trying to get it on him. It takes forever. I get it on him about the time he runs off. Get some footage of him. Uh, you'll see it in the video. And I, he he winded me. You know that's the thing. Is I knew as soon as soon as I put my binos down that he had stopped, and it looked like he had my win. And so when I got finally on him with the camera, um, he pretty much ran off. And so, <laughs> dude. Big eight, like yeah. biggest deer I've seen, maybe in Nebraska, while hunting. And, and I tell you what, when you haven't seen any bucks hardly all week, and then you wind one, depressing, deflating, depressing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to punch myself in the face, dude. 
at the same time i don't know that i like where he was at i don't know that he actually walked by a tree like yeah. i don't know that i could have killed that deer from yeah, a it's tree not that you did anything wrong yeah. it's just sometimes <clears throat> just like, the deer man. win that's yeah. just the way it goes and, yeah. and the thing is man when they get your when they get your wind you're like you feel like well this spot is ruined or mm-hmm. that deer will never be back and while i'm on this trip you know? oh dude he started blowing and it was it was it was interesting because this blow was like almost none i'd ever heard and I don't feel like you hear bucks blow a lot. Um, Usually when a buck blows, when I, in my experience, it happened to me one time last year. It's one big, I'm mad. Yeah. Oh, and Dude, that's gone. exactly what it was. He, yeah. and, but he did it a bunch. Yeah. He did. He probably blew maybe a dozen times. Mm-hmm. And he would do this. It was not, you know, a, a doe is almost like a sneeze. It's like yeah. violent, <laughs> quick. His was like, It was like this long, drawn-out, big breath of air, and it wasn't so violent. It was kind of just long and deep, you know? And I was like, man, I don't know if that's a buck thing or if he just doesn't completely know what I am or if he's, you know, what the deal is, but he's saying something different than what a doe says, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Anyway, interesting thought, but I literally got a text, like, the same time I saw that deer from, I think, HTH or somebody, and I was like, they were asking about deer or something, I think, and I was like, I have a giant blowing at me right now. You know, <laughs> like just happened at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh anyway, so he he goes, like I said, it's about seven thirty, shooting lights at eight forty five or something like that. It's the end. <clears throat> so sunsets at like eight fifteen. And um and so I'm sitting there, I'm it's quiet again, super quiet. This deer's finally stopped blowing, winds barely even blowing at this point and I'm just sulking I'm like thinking about where I'm going to hunt tomorrow you know what should I do and all this and that it starts getting dark it's about sunset and uh, I'm so I'm not like super mad but I'm pretty mad at the situation I'm tired and put out you know and walked my tail in here and I'm like man I'm about to leave out of here right now I'm tired of this you know like I'm gonna walk in the light when I can where I can see and I don't just trip the whole way out of here and and uh, I'm kind of, I'm still like I'm still hunting pretty hard I'm still checking my spots pretty regularly and not I hadn't looked at my phone or anything so I got nothing else to do you know but I am deflated like you said and all of a sudden I look to a spot that I really didn't expect I mean I I thought deer could come from and so I was I was checking it because it's pretty wide open in that direction for me uh, but I didn't necessarily expect deer like it wasn't my top spot that I expect them to come from and I turn and at 60 70 yards probably there's a buck standing there and I'm like oh my goodness and I'm at this point if he's going towards ag straight towards ag he's He's going to hook up on a trail that's like at least 40 from me. But I have feel I feel good about that right now. Got a new bow, shooting straight, shooting darts. Uh, and I've, I felt good about shooting 40. So I'm like ranging that trail, you know, and ranging some other stuff where he might come. <laughs> Once he's, and he's, he's not moving too fast. He starts kind of like easing up towards me here and there a little bit. And he's kind of taking this path that's not so flat and I'm like he's kind of coming towards me you know and so I'm like okay well maybe he walks on the other side of this bush towards me that's like 30 I'm like this is good I'm gonna get a 30 yard shot at this deer and then he kind of straightens back out towards me again and I'm like 
what in the world? He's walking towards me. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll shoot this deer at like 20. This might be good. You know, I got this trail that I was talking about earlier. It's at 14. So I'm like ranging some stuff. I see, I get a range for 25. I'm like, all right, money. I put the camera there. I'm filming him as he's coming in. You know, I put the camera there and he walks up to it. He's still walking right at me. It's so quiet. so still. I'm 15 foot, which is like high enough for him to at one point literally burn a hole through me or through my direction at least and not see me. But it's also low enough that, like, you don't feel real comfortable drawing a deer when a deer's looking at you in the dead calm of the evening at 25 yards, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing. And so he puts his head back down and starts walking. And what I figure he was doing is he had heard, he was bedded down on the side of that, that hill right there, and he had heard that deer blow and waited 40 minutes or whatever and got up when he thought it was time to get up and move and was wanting to go kind of in that direction but also wanted to make sure what was going on so that he felt comfortable so he's kind of working out of his bed there and looking the whole time he was looking hard and he was walking straight towards where that deer was which was 90 yards on the back side of me and so he's like perfectly upwind and everything and he's he's like on edge dude it is so quiet man and he's just like tiptoeing and he'll take like two steps and look and he'll peer up ahead you know straighten his neck out like sneak mode and He's looking. Like I said, he gets to 25. He goes through my camera, and I'm, like, not feeling good about the shot. So I, like, put it down, you know, much closer. He comes up into that window, and I'm, like, I cannot. I just cannot draw it. He will 100% see me. And so long story short, I don't get the shot on the film, on film, which <laughs> that probably doesn't surprise anybody. Um, he comes straight at my tree, pretty much. And I... There's like, I, I'm, I'm hoping he'll like look a different direction or put his head, head down and like sniff something on the ground or something, right? And like, so then basically all I can see is the top of his head and I can draw, right? Until he gets to about four yards or five yards and I'm on top of him, I don't feel like I can shoot this deer or draw on him. And he gets to that point and I get drawn. And I was amazed because he's still like, I can see his eyes, you know what I mean? Mm. And so like... I fully expected when I drew at five yards, if because he, he put his head down real low when I drew, but I expected him to like pull it back up and catch me about halfway through my draw, and then look up at me, and then I was just gonna thump him right in the neck hole, you know what I mean? And he kept his head down through my whole draw, and then stopped at like four yards, and I'm like, money in the bank. I don't have this on film. I'm sorry, y'all, but I've got some good pre-roll of this dude, you know, coming in and stuff. It's cool. And he starts walking again, and I'm assuming at about three yards, I finally decided to pull the trigger. And I didn't want to grunt stop him because he was on edge, man. He would have flipped out at three yards from something grunting above him, you know, or whatever. And so I just shot him on the walk, at, you know, straight down, which I've never shot one like that. And basically what I was trying to do is put it over his near side, um, shoulder blade basically so put it right over the top of that and go straight down and kind of come out the other side of the lung and I hit maybe a touch back from where I wanted to which he's walking so that could be assumed um, that that would happen I hit him about probably three inches back I thought it might be a touch high but it ended up it wasn't it was it was dang perfect almost except for just back about three inches from where I wanted it to be and um, he blitzes out of there. KC saw the video. Oh, like, my gosh. 
he goes, I think that's the fastest I've ever seen a deer run. It was, was insane. Like, how he's fast. going downhill, you know. Yeah, and, when uh, we're watching it in slow mo, and it still seems fast. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, wait. I was like, I couldn't believe it happened. You know, like I didn't. I don't even know if my interview. I hadn't watched this footage or anything really of what you know when ha- the events around the actual shot. And I, I, I was. I almost couldn't talk, dude. I really couldn't talk. I said some things like where I was like, okay, I'm sorry, y'all. I can't talk. And I was just in shock that it all happened, and then I shot the deer. And at the same time, I'm like worried, like I always am after a shot if I don't see him fall, you know. <laughs> so he like bails over the 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 ridge where he just came up up from and it looks like he's almost crashing when he leaves you know like i'm like man that looked good i thought he was gonna fall right there so i I pack most of my stuff i leave like some sticks in my saddle platform up and i pack my stuff up there's enough daylight for me to basically get out right at dark about shooting time if i hoof it which helps me because i don't you know i don't uh have to walk in the dark with a headlamp and everything else in this really thick you know place or whatever and so i was like i'm gonna go back you know get the dudes get the production equipment or get kc or whatever and get the production equipment and we're gonna we're gonna go find this deer or whatever we've got to review footage too you know that's what you got to do if you film your hunts right oh yeah um so we get back to the truck and i start reviewing it and like i was on him like once he left out and he got to about 25 yards i was on him for the next 50 as he's flying down this hill it was pretty cool it's pretty good footage like i think it was a little bit of luck but i ended up getting a lot of good footage of him leaving it's slow motion so we get to watch and we can see like what we pretty much assume is blood shooting out the top and shooting out the bottom and he is tail down hoofing it and i had actually gone out and looked for a little bit of blood for about two or three minutes but i just didn't want to go too far you know and i didn't find much i was ended up i was on kind of the wrong trail but he also was going like 70 miles an hour down this thing (laughs) yeah it's uh you know that (laughs) feeling whenever um you know you go to throw like the leftover contents of your cup and your cup holder out the window and all the yeah. water just turns into vapor. Yeah. yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah, he was going so fast that that blood was just going. Psh. Yeah, it was like dissipating almost. Yeah. What'd you, know? you shoot him with? I shot him with a Grim Reaper Whitetail Special. Hot dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of your favorite things to say. I it's think. just kind of fun. <laughs> it is fun. You're to supposed say. to watch him fall with the Grim Reaper. That's what they say. But I didn't. But I didn't. And uh, you know, there's expandals get some hate <clears throat> for good reason sometimes i had to switch between different ones for different hunting scenarios on this trip because i did not want to shoot that thing through any fillows yeah <laughs> yeah because it's going to grab something and go crazy if you have to shoot through anything at all but whenever you're uh shooting a you know heavy duty good foc arrow no worries right yeah well that's the thing is like i i i, found, I picked up the arrow at four yards yeah like I walked down, I glassed it, and I was like, I think there's some pretty blood on it. At first, I didn't, I looked, I could see the broadhead really good. Mm-hmm. And I glassed the broadhead, and then I grabbed, we had the, those vectors have like a big white fletching section at the end, mm-hmm. you know, wrap or whatever. The front of the wrap didn't have a whole lot of blood on it. And I'm like, dude, did I miss high and just miss lungs and just skin wound this dude or what? It, it a, an arrow traveling straight down to a deer at three yards disappears quick Mm -hmm. so you don't really know exactly where it hits sometimes anyway i'm like glassing that and i'm like oh my gosh i think i just missed i messed my opportunity up this is such a hard hunt and i'm so mad at myself you know and then i'm like 
I kind of like, you know, got cameras going. I got everything going through my mind. Anyway, I glass back down there. I find the fletchings, and they're covered in what looks to be pretty good blood, but I can't really tell. So I get down and find it. Turns out the uh, the vector, being a big heavy arrow and heavy duty and, you know, durable, goes straight past through with a, what, two and a half inch cut? Is that what those are? Uh, so I don't, I don't I mean, know. like three blades and it's a right. wide one. We're talking about like, I, yeah, I don't know exactly how that way works, but I think it's supposed to be like a two and a half inch across cut. I don't know. Yeah, but I think that's the thing. But actually, you have more cutting surface than that, right? Because there's yeah. three blades. Three blades. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, so if you were to do a circumference, I mean, a I'm sorry, a diameter, it's two and a half. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it pushed that thing through there, all the way through. And you're talking about going from like not sideways through a deer but from the top to the bottom and through you know like yeah. in the in the rib cage and another thing that i noticed when i was uh looking at the video is that the deer had like a lot of blood underneath when he was jumping running you know like we could see where it came out it looked like it was in the chest you know yeah but when i got down and checked the arrow um first thing i saw when i picked it up was a bunch of stomach matter and that's why I was not sure how good the blood was when mm-hmm. I was looking from the stand is because it was kind of brown and green. And I, sm- I, I I twisted it, and there was a ton of blood on, like, two of the other fletchings. Mm-hmm. Good-looking blood, like bright, bright red. And I'm like, this is odd. <laughs> but I have never shot a deer from straight down, you yeah. know, like that, really. So and I, it really, I, I don't think we've talked much about this. It's not the ideal shot. No. Right. Like you would prefer to do a broadside shot. I would rather have shot him on the trail at 14 yards broadside or even just facing me and through the neck hole or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> we're in the business of shooting deer. Yeah. And sometimes it's, I don't want to say like what's your backup plan or whatever the, the cool thing is nowadays because you don't want to shoot a deer on purpose in a bad spot. You make but, the best shot you can. Yeah, man. That's right. You make the best shot you can and you did. Yeah, it's not like I should give him a Texas heart shot or nothing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, this is a shot that people shoot on TV a lot. Yeah. And, like, so watching that historically over my lifetime, I've seen lots of deer killed that way. So, you know, and it it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple, like, pushed it through. <laughs> so I'm a little bit worried um, at the time that, you know, how how is this deer hit? What is it? We started doing some anatomy research like we always do, you know. Oh, man, every time. I just need to download all those pictures and put them, like, in a file on my phone or something. Yeah. And uh, what we figure out is something that you don't think about too often because you're shooting a different style shot, maybe. But the it looks like in some of the anatomy uh, pictures that we saw that the heart sits pretty much right next to the stomach. Yeah. And so... The lungs kind of wrap around the heart, and the stomach kind of sits... Almost like on top and behind the heart. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody knows for sure what it looks like inside of a deer. To tell you the truth of the matter. <laughs> yeah. Once you open every up, anatomy uh, diagram is different. Slightly different. Yeah. And yeah, once they've been shot, half the time it's mangled on the inside, and then the other half the time they're laying on the ground, so you don't Upside really know. Down. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really know how everything laid out in there while he was on the hoof. Right. So, but what we start to assume is that maybe. Um, there's like the fletchings that the half of the fletchings that are super red are heart and the half fletchings that are green are stomach esophagus or stomach or something like that because if you're going straight down right i mean you're you're gonna hit 
esophagus or stomach, no matter what. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're too far back, in right. which you weren't. Yeah. You know? And so another thing you and I started thinking about, especially after we watched that blood shoot out the top, is that it might have hit the, I, I said, you know, some sort of vein or something. You said it's the aorta that goes along the spine. It's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty big. I killed an elk by hitting that one time. So right. that's how I know, you know, and that's why, like, it's weird when people talk about the dead zone on deer. It's it's really kind of like that doesn't exist. It's it's kind of a strange thing. But yeah. that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, I would imagine that shooting straight down, you missed <laughs> vertebrae, but but you hit around it. Yeah, and that that thing's as big around as your pinky or more. Mm. That aorta is up there. I mean, it's a big. I got old, a bunch of blades going through it's there. It's a big artery. Yeah. So, you know, I was actually really surprised when I let the shot go where I thought it hit I, that I didn't. He didn't drop like spine shot. You mm-hmm. know. And so, um, being, you know, that I would have seemed to have barely missed the spine, I would think that that's a plausible um, option that it did hit the aorta. And then we see the blood come out the top and stuff, you know. So I'm like, man, this is this is probably good, man. And the way he's running, he looks hit like like if y'all, if y'all ever watch Nameless take off after he got hit in that video, same deal, like tuck tail, just uh, like this is bad, you mm-hmm. know what well, we... Uh, That's what the deer's thinking. Yes. Yeah, yeah the deer's yeah, thinking sorry, this is bad. Sorry, the deer's <laughs> thinking this is a bad thing. Um, so, anyway, we, we get all our stuff together. It takes time. We kind of just decide what to do. But we, we go in uh, and get a bite to eat, I think, and maybe something else. I can't remember. But uh, we were just trying to fuel up, give the deer time, because we knew this was going to be a haul. Because he also ended up going further back in. You know, I'm, I'm walking a mile or more, maybe, back in. And he went further the other direction. And so I'm like, Phew. at least you went, you know, on the public, but he's far. So we go um, back in there and I show, you know, KC where the hit is or where I shot him and everything. And we talk about some stuff. We start working down the hill. We're not finding much blood. And we get kind of <clears throat> on the hit, on the edge of the hill going back into this further, you know, draw or whatever. And I'm like, man, this is a... Uh, this is a a long ways back in here and i hope that he's hit good and we kind of work our way down into the draw maybe 20 or 30 yards and i had this real powerful flashlight that i used for for a blood trailing and i turned it on and just looked down into the bottom of that canyon at probably what 70 or 80 yards maybe and there's a big old white belly down there golly (laughs) and i was like that's him like i was like right you know and i was thinking I know that's him, you know, but yeah. I just want you to make sure you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. Anyway, we go down there. He's he's He rushed off the mountain in 15 seconds and died is what happened. He was stiff as a board. Dude, he took off the side of that thing. You can see it in the clip. And it's like he never hits the ground again. Dude, I, I don't see how he would have hit the ground but once or twice yeah. on the way down. It was oh, steep, yeah. dude. And he was flying. And uh, anyway, I, I kind of almost half – uh, imagined we would get down there and there'd be broken tines and yeah. stuff. But we get down there and it's just a big old nice eight man, just you know, sixteen inch wide, eight point. And he's got like some. He's been rubbing a little bit, like you know, he just did, he didn't just rub the, the velvet off, but he's got like cedars and stuff in his in his uh, antlers, you know, in the bases and stuff. Man, it's just like goodness, like. This is too cool. So we, we take a lot of pictures and some video and stuff. 
ends up, you know, we have to actually quarter this deer up. Luckily, Casey's done the gutless method a lot and is a very good and willing friend and jumped in and did the hams, and which is kind of <laughs> difficult, and he knows where the ball socket is and everything. I, I'm going to make a confession. Uh, I'm surprised I was able to get those hams with just a Havilon. But I think that's a that's a deer thing. On an elk, oh. I don't think you'd be able to do that. Yeah, because that that's that's a big old because the the ball socket in a ham is a true socket, right? So like you have is a, it cartilaginous around yes, uh-huh. a lot of it? Yeah, yeah. And then on a whitetail, that cartilage is is pretty thin. Yeah. But on an elk, <clears throat> like you got to have a big stiff blade. It's four knife. times as thick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I was uh, I was surprised able to. I thought I was going to have to whip out my other knife to make that happen, but you, you made it yeah, happen. I did it all with a Havilon. That's cool. Yeah, and really, I was really surprised at this when we walked up on him. I was like, oh, look at all the ticks. Well, he had the plant. I think a lot of people call it deer lice. It's a plant that like has these seeds that stick stickies. on them or whatever. Yes, it wasn't ticks. I didn't see a single tick on him actually. I don't think I did either. I was I like, have seen one on me before. Yeah, you have really recently. Yes, yes. Um, he. I was just surprised. He was real clean, dude. We kept the meat real clean. It's going to be a tasty deer. He dude. looks good. Yeah. He looks real good. He's going to be tasty, I think. And he, like, I don't know. I, I, I wish that I could see what happened when he bailed off that mountain. Me too, dude. But I thought there'd be some bruises or something, too, from that. But maybe he was all out of blood so that he don't, they don't bruise. You know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he just kept his feet, dude. They're to, they're agile. They are you agile, know? man. He I, didn't so. look like he crashed out too bad. No, bottom, it looks like though. he went to the bottom, stood, and tipped. Just and I think laid over. I think there was some blood, a little blood spot where he had stood for a quick second and then yeah. just tipped over. You know. Yeah. But dude, it was uh, it was amazing, and we we ended up having to quarter him out. Like I said, we packed him out. Um, I took the majority of the weight because um, I was, you know the guy who shot him and so i had probably a 60 pound pack well you had all your gear because you'd left everything i had to take three sticks and um i took my saddle uh, my actual saddle in because i was going to go up and get all that stuff i want to be safe so i had my lineman's rope my saddle so i had that and i had my platform which you know probably all that's real close to 10 or 12 pounds easy Mm -hmm. and so Add and that camera on top stuff. of meat, some camera stuff. KC did a lot of work. We packed that sucker out over a mile. By the time I got back, I was beat. And uh, we ended up getting a hotel that night, luckily, because it was Labor Day weekend. And we luckily were able to get a cancellation room right after it got canceled. Man and, alive. Uh, I was so thankful because we were so sweaty and hot. And we got showers and got kind of still hyped up. You know, I had to wind down a little bit. But we got in bed probably before 3 and uh, it was a long, late night. But, dude, I've never done anything like that when it comes to deer hunting. You it's know? fun, It man. was a one-of-a-kind experience, man. It really, really was. And I don't know, that whole eve- that whole night, I never got, like, sleepy tired. I've been on some elk pack outs where, like, I'm sleepy and I'm yeah. tired of walking. Yeah. I didn't really get that that night. I was just hyped the whole time. Yeah. You know? It was yeah. cool. Well, maybe it's also not, you know, a short elk pack is mile and a half mm-hmm. two you know or two or three miles or whatever in a a long deer pack is Ooh, a mile you know real long one yeah you know that's that that's that's just not something that you even have the opportunity to do for whitetail real often yeah so, it, was so cool. it was maybe we just you know never got quite to come down off that high for 30 minutes while walking the extra mile or yeah. whatever but like man it was i don't know just such a blessing man to be yeah. able to do do that and to 
the way it all went down and just also you know i carried some weight and burden after i shot the deer because i always do and then to find him real easily is just another blessing for sure yeah man, man like, it's awesome deal i'm super pumped that you and shot i appreciate him. your help dude i know oh, i told you that but like absolutely dude this dude's a champ over here man just <coughs> taking uh, choking up over here taking <laughs> <laughs> taking all the all the uh, work that he can get man and helping out as much as it possible. was uh it was fun man i yeah. enjoyed it a lot it was it was cool yeah. um and uh <clears throat> you know it's just fun to hang out with you and shoot deer and see deer getting shot and stuff you know it's it is nice it. to have a hunting partner that you have confidence will also shoot something from time to time yep. you know what i mean yeah. you know is so it, it's it's uh i'm not like making you know slide remarks to anybody who have hunted with in the past that's not what i'm saying but it's just you right. know nice to be able to rely on somebody to also have that enjoyment because i didn't kill anything this time so if if i was the only one on the trip who i actually had confidence in there'd been be nothing dead yeah be coming back <laughs> real hot and tired that's right which but, uh we got real hot and tired after that so yeah um we of course took it easy the next morning uh, got us some Casey's breakfast pizza in celebration, which if you don't know, you need to know because mm. uh, that is the, some of the best stuff around. That's it, man. And uh, so we did that and made a plan for the evening again and decided to go back into the same area, and I was going to hunt because, I mean, Tyler saw another buck, and uh, it just seemed like there's a lot of deer in the area. Mm-hmm. We shined some eyes that night whenever we were walking out, and there was just still deer around. So we thought there was a chance. Um and we got to split the load of what all we had to carry in too so it was a little bit easier going in the second time yeah uh so went in that night and um didn't see near the activity saw some does uh but just not much and then uh kind of had some decisions to make because we could stay there and i think like in retrospect like it might have would have been a good idea to stay there and and do a couple more hunts i don't know it's hard to say but Mm -hmm. whenever you go in there's a, a deer carcass, you know, down at the bottom. The coyotes are raging the ne- over the next couple of days, and you smelled it all up, you know, when you're in there messing around. It's pretty hard. Uh, it wasn't hard for me to go in there once. Right. But it's hard to go in there multiple times expecting to see more instead yeah. of less. Yeah, for you know? sure. For so sure. it's kind of like the experiment. Like, well, how bad did we booger them? And we right. go in there, and it seems like we, we boogered them pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we decided to pull the plug could not find the hotel room for that night <laughs> so Ooh. we went and uh and uh set, set up tents camp. at like 11 yeah. o'clock after we had pulled it down about <laughs> two <laughs> went and set it back Ooh. up so that was cool yeah uh and uh slept um and went and hunted the next morning did a, a, a short night of sleep and uh, didn't hardly see anything then either in a place and this is where I start kicking myself right because I'm on the clock at this point in time because the hunt's counting down. We've missed a couple hunts because of weather and unpreparedness and packing your deer out, which is not by any means uh, like, well, you're tired. I can't believe you made me do this, but it's just it's just the way it goes. Right. And when you hunt as a team, that's the give and take you have. Like, you're there to help, and it's fun. And mm-hmm. I would rather it happen the way it did, yeah. you know. But it is the fact of the matter. We missed some hunts. So this is, you know, like one of my last mornings. And then it's when you don't see much, you're like, oh, man, you know, like mm-hmm. you just don't have anything to build on. And at this point in time, you and I are thinking, okay, we're a long ways from home. Should we drive an hour or two or whatever to go 
get a little closer to home midday and hunt a different area because we don't have there's nothing to keep us around here right now anyways mm-hmm. right and so looking back maybe i shouldn't have hunted that area that morning because it was one of these like well maybe they didn't booger this up because it's close to the road kind of things you know and mm-hmm. apparently it had been because yeah. there wasn't much going on there or just there wasn't deer in there i don't know right I, you know it's well that's the thing is like we don't know if the ehd had been a thing or not yeah, i you, mean you don't go in and at least i don't i don't think it's a good idea to go in and boot scout this stuff intensively uh before you hunt it when you're there for the hunt like you're you're definitely going to booger stuff up if you do that right mm-hmm. so like we don't really know everything that's going on all you can do is just work off the observations you have to and from the stand and while in the stand mm-hmm. so either way we only saw a couple does or just one doe maybe that morning yeah and decided yeah it's worth we saw a couple I, yeah, I don't remember. I remember there being more. So one where kind at. of back towards the sun, and one far coming from down the edge of kind of a hill. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's <clears> doe and fawn over there. Yeah, doe fawn. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, anyways, we decided to go to a different area uh, that was a little bit closer to home and spend our last day there, which, um, in the sense of getting home a little bit sooner, was not a mistake. But in every other sense, seems to be a mistake. And I'm not going to just wail and complain for the next 15 minutes, but I'll just tell you, we spent the whole evening of the last evening driving around. Well, I do need to explain this a little bit. We map scouted a place Mm -hmm. that we found on the map, loved it. It was going to be good no matter what the ag was in. There was enough ag around. It was good creek bottom. Everything was just going to be bad at the bone. We decide to go vet a couple more spots um, that afternoon before we head over there, just in case we don't kill that night that we would have to go hunt in the morning because the wind was going to be a little bit different and we wanted to hunt something kind of on the way home instead of driving the wrong direction. So we go and look at these other spots. Mm, they look okay, you know, whatever. It's fine. We'll figure out something there. Just wanted to make sure, you know, where what ag was where and alfalfa and this and that and the other. Well... Then we head to the spot we're going to hunt that evening, pull up. Well, first of all, we had some uh, minimum maintenance road issues where mm-hmm. we had to go hoopla and all the way around this thing to try to actually get to it. Uh, and then we pull up, and there's a truck there. And it's a decent-sized place, and this guy, assuming guy, might have been a gal, but, mm, eh, you know, odds are in your favor to say it's a guy. Uh, <laughs> So, um, assuming he can this, be whatever he wants. That's to be. right, Dad Gummit. This is 2021. <laughs> if you want to say you're a potato, you're a potato. That's it, man. Uh, Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Right. Potato Head. That's right. Potato Head. I don't potato even care. Potato Head, Z Potato Head, um, <laughs> or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, oh yeah, he was laughing X, I think is what he was. But, anyways, um, he was on North End. And we started to go in on the South End because it was a good sized property and thought, ah, you know, it's not ideal, but we're plenty far away from each other um, that we're not going to interfere with each other's hunts unless this guy walked in the north and went all the way down to the south, which is a bad idea. So if we mess that up, he's already messed it up. But anyways, we start walking in, and then we run into boot tracks from a day or two previously, and we're like, okay, this place has gotten some pressure. Uh, I'm thinking it. Tyler brings it up, and we pull the plug soon thereafter mm-hmm. and then start driving around all over the country uh you know hiking with all our stuff in two more different places 
uh, try to make different things work, never do, and then we end up driving around the evening and supposedly trying to figure out a plan for the next morning. It uh, sounds, it sounds not too bad, but I'll say this: it's about a top three or four of one of the worst evening or yeah bomb ends that I've ever had I'm, on public. I'm land. just trying to not complain too much yeah. and go on. No, and on. It, it was it's, terrible. It's bad. We it were was... getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. There was no wind. It was we were sweating, wearing long sleeve sweatshirts and stuff, trying to keep the mosquitoes off. I was, and like, I think I might be dead right there. Um, and there's just like. You know, no, nothing's panning out for yeah. us. You know, it was bad, dude. It was bad. Yeah, it was a bad, bad evening. And we drove around. I'm ticked just because I feel like I hate wasting time on hunts, man. It just drives me insane. Um, Casey's just, the ultimate frugalist. I, I cannot stand it, dude. And literally, we cooked a pack of wieners, and I saved the last one that nobody would eat, and ate it later that night. He tried I to shame me it, into it, and he stuck I, it in the door. I stuck it. In a, <laughs> I stuck it in a granola bar wrapper and stuck it in the door. And I'm glad I had it too, because that's the night you killed your deer, and it gave me a snack. There you go. You know, he uh, offered it to me before he we went making this. That's right. Frugality paid off, man. It did. Uh, it it almost always does. But uh, so then. That evening, it was just, you know, it was just terrible. Drove all around all these different places. Saw other people hunting in places we thought might be cool. We did see some deer, and we saw some country that, if you were, you had some time to figure it out, Mm -hmm. you might go kill. But there was never that layup like, here's a bean field with a creek next to it. Nobody's on it. Y'all should go hunt that. You know, that just didn't happen. And uh, went and got us some supper after dark. Um, and we're sitting in the hotel room eating supper, and I told Todd, I was like, man, this is not my style, but I'm thinking about not hunting in the morning because it's just a shot in the dark at this point in time. We don't have a place that we're in love with. Uh, we're If we were to get up and go hunt, we would get five hours of sleep and have to drive home all day tomorrow, or we can sleep in a little bit mm-hmm. and get like seven hours of sleep. And feel real good on the way home tomorrow. So made the call, which is not that is not my style mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. And part of that is me trying to be considerate of you. So I'm not guilting you into it, but no. like I don't want to just be you know an authoritarian. Like no, I'm the hunter. We're going. You know, like uh, dude, that's not was, the way you want to be. Yeah, you know? but I'm there, dude. I'm part of the team, man. I know, I know. Team and member, I pre- and I appreciate I'm an element it. team member. Well, I appreciate you just being willing to just like go right into cameraman mode as opposed to be like ah, I'm going to sit in a hotel today you go hunt and I'll be back you know or whatever which I'm okay with Wait you doing from South time Dakota. to time yeah exactly <laughs> we're sending some people out with you <laughs> that's right <laughs> I'm going to go to Casey's <laughs> oh man man this might be the furthest South Casey's there, there is right know, there that's what made me say it I'm golly like, oh, okay. um, um, but yeah that's so that's pretty much Nebraska uh, I don't know if there's yeah. anything else that we missed or should talk about or whatever I think the the big thing to take away is that there's going to be a big buck video come from this sucker big buck Tyler finally dude I don't know if you remember this <laughs> but it was in the off season or late last last hunting season or whatever you were talking something on Facebook about like trying to find something new to do early season next year and there were a couple people like man Tyler you need to go 
you know, and prove yourself. Not like they weren't challenging you, but like just yeah. saying, like you need to go get it done there. You feel like you you can't just walk away from Nebraska or whatever. And I'm glad you didn't, man. Yeah. I really, really am. Because I was walking away from it, and then you were like, "Hey, uh, that's right. Here's a fishing lure in your back, and I'm gonna pull you this way." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm glad I did too, man. I'm glad you talked me into it at this point, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, and it now, was a tough hunt. Like it, it could have easily been one of the hunts where I'm like, okay, for sure, never going back to nebraska again <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah yeah but um, i think that now we'd be willing to go back to nebraska i think so know? too yeah man there's we got some we figured out some different things you yeah. know and some things we're still a little questioned on and uh but man it was a fun hunt there's, there's a bbv coming like you said big buck video mm. and um <laughs> there's is that trademarked um anyway uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, we also have a lot of YouTube stuff coming through uh, this month in September. So if you're getting juiced up for deer, now is the time to be subscribed to our channel. We've got the whole Ranch Buck series from last year. Maybe the biggest deer I've ever killed. I hadn't scored him or anything, but uh, big deer that I killed in Texas. Um, it's a 10-part series coming over two weeks, five weeks or five videos a week. And it is, it's a filmic kind of cinematic type. Yeah, it'll of be video. fun. Lots uh, of big deer in that thing. Yeah. I've been seeing some clips and stuff. It's but, pretty exciting. Um, in the meantime, we're going to be doing some stuff back home, uh, putting out some ultra cameras, aren't we? Oh, yeah. And I think that uh, what we should do is we've done this <laughs> in lots of different formats throughout the years where we, uh, we do like the preseason ta- scouting Texas public land thing. And I think. Absolutely, it's helpful. Postseason scouting actually this year meant more to us, I think, than what the preseason will. But since we're going to be running uh, Moultrie Delta cell cams a lot, uh, it's going to change things somewhat, okay? Uh, because we get that instant information, or at least twice a day, or however you set them, you know? Yeah. But I think we should do a video, uh, and maybe this isn't the only one, but maybe we should do a specific uh, Texas public land trail camera strategy mm-hmm. type thing and really talk about the trail cam stuff because I know um, maybe even beyond a lot of other states Texas people in particular use a lot of trail cameras on public land because quite frankly most of our public land has antler restrictions which means that like you could be hunting an area where there's not even a legal deer mm-hmm. in existence mm-hmm. there you know and that trail camera means so much to that and yeah. uh I yep. think that uh, I'm not criticizing it at all. We do a ton of it, right? Mm-hmm. We use a bunch of trail cameras for this reason. So I think we should probably well, concentrate on that. And, we'll and that's why we haven't put trail cameras out yet is we, we've kind of got this thing where it's like, man, really the main thing we need to know on some of these properties is, is there a shooter this year in there? Yes. Like we've, we've done so much work that we've got some spots. Um, not that we don't want to have new spots because we postseason found some new spots that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think we've kind of narrowed in to where we can kill deer on some of these properties. We just need to know, is there a shooter in there this year? And not to mention, like, another good thing about having trail camera information on these bucks is not just whether there's a nice buck in there or not, but, like, truly for me to be able to see a deer and go, I don't know, he's... I don't know, yeah. and not to have 
30 seconds to make my mind up as opposed to if he's you know, wide enough yeah if he's wide enough he's, yeah you know they have to be wide enough so which is a thing to, I, I actually dealt with last year because i had that public yes. land buck we didn't have any trail camera data of him yep and it was like i made a call and then looking back I'm like man he was probably wide enough yeah, and this you know? year hopefully we get trail camera data of him that you know? would be sick <laughs> i mean he'll yes. be wide enough this year i know but, and uh, here's another thing too that that one of the reasons we don't have cameras out yet is the preseason shift of ranges is yes. a big deal That's where exactly we live. Right. And I think it's a big deal in a lot of places. But we've learned that pretty much any pictures you get from June until, you know, September, September 15th even, they don't really mean a whole lot except for some fun trail camera pictures. Yeah. I don't think... We've had a few, a few a like, few. micro-regional, micro-local. Yeah. Like, it depends on the property is what I'm saying. Oh, like yeah, it If does. the property kind of is isolated in between big swaths of mm-hmm. coastal pasture or whatever, yeah. then it's different. But you know? overall, it just, it ain't worth getting out there when it's 105 and going and checking some trail no, cams. No. You know, instead, we're going to kind of tactically go in there and drop these things on a on a cooler day in september and go in there once and then we're getting season data yeah you know and that's what's going to matter yeah so i think that uh i'm excited about it because i have some thoughts and some plans about where i think we're going to drop some cameras and it's going to be good yeah me too dude and i think you know on top of on top of just finding you know shooter bucks like we're going to have these things running for a while in some of these places and i think we're going to learn some stuff about um hopefully october but mm-hmm. also about way, the way those places behave in November, and if there's multiple shooters in there, which really starts to help your odds of getting on a shooter deer <laughs> on Texas Pub. Yeah, and know? it also makes you feel better about, like, hmm, maybe we should go hang together and make it easier, yeah, you know? Because there's some times whenever that's <laughs> advantageous for us when we're filming and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of, I'm ready to have old Eric Gentry down with us so Me that uh, we got the film guy. Uh, guys, after this hunt, pretty much Eric is going to be around for everything. Yeah. Uh, he had to be an an Illinois man for some reason this this go around. But after <laughs> yeah. this, uh, Eric's gonna be around, so y'all you'll probably hear more from him. He'll be helping us out a ton with the, you know, all the electronic technical stuff, filming a bunch, and uh, hopefully killing a few deer in the process too. Yeah. So I'm stoked to get the season rolling. If you haven't, be sure and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on all the social platforms, all that stuff, because we are ready to start some hype. Actually, That's right. the hype has started. It has Tyler started. has killed a big deer. Hype. It's in the truck right now. <laughs> Let's go. Remember, this is your element. Live in it. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. 
Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.